Chapter 40 Hall Beasts and Bran Flies Some things just shouldn't exist. You get me? This creature, ma'am. This creature was a collection of rot on four legs. Yes, four legs, plus two huge arms that scraped the stone floor as it moved into the hall. Its extremities were soggy wooden beams intertwined with metal shackles, the iron restraints lining its limbs like veins. A piece of a thick mass served as a head, with crooked eyes made of rusted iron spars. The torso, a huge warped frame of an old ship, shook and sloshed as it walked and dribbled a wet green trail of algae behind it. It was the size of an elephant and just as intimidating. And the smell? Holy moly. Swamps, dead fish, sweat, dirty toilets, and straight up and down funk. It washed over us, and I heard more than a few people dry heaving and vomiting, including some guards on their forebears. What is that thing? Tandiwe gasped, holding her nose. I... I don't know, but we need to regroup, I said. Yes, yes, I think you're right. We quickly descended, and before the forebear reached the floor, I hopped off and skidded to a stop next to Ayana. The monster lumbered to the middle of the room, flinging guards aside left and right. It kept one hand on its bloated chest, but the other smashed people, pillars, and furniture alike. It slammed the ground twice with one fist, and then let out a roar that nearly blew us across the hall. Gumbaby rode her fetterling up to us, flipped off of it, then pummeled the iron monster with sap. She pointed at the giant creature and said, Y'all gonna handle that? Or do gum baby gotta do everything? Ayana ignored her and turned to me. We still have time. We can slip out of the tram tunnel. The raft is up there. I hesitated, then shook my head. No, we can't leave until reinforcements come. The monsters will rip this place apart. No, see, I've been thinking. What if they're following us? I ripped my eyes away from the monster, which was batting at the ridge warriors near its head like they were gnats and looked at Ayana. What? The fetterlings, the bosslings, now this thing. What if they're following us? She tucked a strand of hair behind her ear and grabbed my arm. We'd be helping by leaving, right? But why would they? Because we're trying to stop them. Because you're an Anansism. Because they hate us. I don't know, but it makes sense. Thondiwe started to back up. I think, I think we should... Got it! Chestnut broke in. She hopped over on her hind legs and held up a single sheet of paper. I found a list of monsters in Anansi's notes. I think I know what this is. We all huddled behind a chipped stone table. Most of its jewels shattered or missing and listened as our bunny spy gave us the lowdown. Made of rotted wood and abandoned shackles, she read aloud. Bound by rotten malevolence. Eleven what? Gumbaby asked. Malevolence. Evil. Bound by rotten malevolence and carriers of disease via their... Oh no. Chestnut looked up and gulped. Carriers of disease via the brand flies infesting their bodies. Hull beasts. Ayana panicked. Brand flies? Did you say brand flies? Tristan, we need to get out of here. We need to go right now. I licked my lips. Okay, okay, let's... 
A deafening croak filled the hall. The monster, the hall beast, cupped its free, three-fingered hand around its wide mouth and croaked again. Something flew out into the air and hovered above everyone. A buzzing sound filled the room. Chestnut hopped into Ayana's arms and shouted, Watch out! It's a scout fly! Once it locks onto you, the whole brood... The scout fly shot up, then dove like a falcon straight at us. It hovered a few feet away. Two metal antennae waggled at us. No, it waggled at me and started to whine. And when I say whine, I don't mean like your little cousin when she's complaining you won't let her give you a makeover. I mean like a mosquito buzzing past your ear, but think of a mosquito the size of an eagle and made of rusty metal. Getting the picture? I finally understood why the gods hadn't been able to get near the burning tear. With swarms of these things filling the sky, they'd not only have to worry about getting scorched by the fire, they'd also have to watch their backs for prehistorically large poison bugs. Wonderful. The whining sound filled the hall and Ayana tugged at my arm. Now, Tristan, we need to leave. Now. We all took off running for the ramp, but then I felt a tingling in my hands and I stopped to look behind us. The giant iron monster opened its mouth wide, wider than a mouth should ever, ever open, and it bellowed, allowing a maelstrom of bran flies dripping with green venom to erupt from its mouth. Not toward me, though, toward Ayana. No! I shouted. Horrendous screams filled the mountain. The metal bugs swarmed like bees at a picnic. Everywhere a bran fly landed, skin sizzled and welted. Victims tried to peel the flies off, but whatever type of poison those flying iron monsters carried, it was potent. After a few feeble attempts to free themselves, the ridge folk crumpled to the floor, paralyzed. Fetterlings snapped cuffs around their wrists and ankles and tugged them out the door. The hall beast scooped up more by the fistful and dropped them into its swollen torso. I turned in circles, stunned. Thandiwe and Ayana were surrounded up on the ramp. I watched them swing and connect, sending bug after bug tumbling to the ground. But there were dozens, no, hundreds of the insects, so many that soon I couldn't see the two girls anymore. A brand fly zoomed at my face, but just before it landed, a glob of sap splattered on its wings and it crashed in a tailspin. Gum Baby had flipped into the air and landed in my hood just in time. Well... Get a move on. Gum baby ain't got all day. I sprinted toward the ramp. A bug whizzed past my cheek, and I ducked and put on a burst of speed. Somebody screamed behind me, and I winced but didn't stop. I cursed myself. Why hadn't I listened to Ayana before? A cluster of ridge folk tried to barricade themselves inside a storeroom near the winding ramp. They piled tables and chairs and forebears in front of the door before closing it. I thought about trying to squeeze inside with them, but then saw a bran fly land, tuck its wings to its back, and wriggle through a tiny crack at the bottom. The screams inside would follow me forever, it seemed. I ducked my head and ran up the ramp. Gum Baby flung sap at anything that got too close. Fetterlings were on our tail, and she knocked several backward with well-aimed shots. Bran flies were sniped out of midair. Each hit punctuated with an insult. 
Ping. You ain't got nothing. Ping. Tell him Gum Baby sent you. Ping. Ow. Well, move your big head, Bumble Tongue. Gum Baby trying to save your raggedy butt. I rubbed the back of my head and kept running. We'd just rounded the final curve, heading toward the thinning cloud of bran flies near the tram entrance when a scream split the air. My blood chilled. Ayana. Several flies dive-bombed us as we got closer and I swung my loner Kiri like a two-handed sword, batting them back. More peeled away from the cloud around my friends, buzzing and rattling and keeping me away. The floor began to tremble beneath my feet, and I felt my knees go weak as a fresh horde of fetterlings charged through the destroyed main entrance. Some split off and snapped up fallen ridge folk, no doubt hauling them back to the Maffa and Uncle C. The rest stampeded up the ramp after me and Gum Baby. Enemies in front, enemies behind, enemies... A three-fingered hand the size of a minivan crashed down on the ramp between us and where Thandiwe was huddled over Ayana, swatting metal bugs left and right. I couldn't see Chestnut anywhere. The hull beast's ugly face peeked over the ledge, growling and smelling like a kindergarten bathroom. Gum Baby tugged my earlobe. Bumble tongue, Gum Baby sure hope you got a plan. Cause, uh, it ain't looking good. Hearing the normally brash, pint-sized pea shooter so worried made me realize just how much trouble we were in, as if the humongous iron monster hadn't made that clear. Fetterlings screeched and thundered up the ramp. Brand flies dipped and swooped, buzzing overhead. Thandiwe met my eyes as I dropped into a crouch with her kiri, preparing to make our last stand. I'm sure my face looked as hopeless as hers did. There were just too many of them and not enough of us. The reinforcements had never arrived. The ridge folk had been either sedated, hauled away, or barricaded behind stone doors. We were on our way. Drum beats sounded, faint and distant, like someone was playing somewhere on Ishinlangu. Maybe it was a distress call. The hall beast raised his arm and easily swatted aside hundreds of bran flies. Two more swings and the air cleared. Thandiwe lay on the ground, covering Ayana, shielding her from the flies. Miraculously, though, dozens and dozens of dented metal bugs lay scattered around the entrance to the trams. The princess's skin was clear. But Ayana's? No, I shouted. As the fetterlings turned the final curve, I sprinted toward my injured friend. But the hull beast was faster. Its massive arms stretched toward the prone figures, and I felt my heart drop. I wasn't going to make it.